gonna make me a big star. Welcome to Meet Me at the Movies. I am Noel T. Manning II. This is the place where madness, mayhem, and colossal chaos all happens with no purpose in mind. I'm hanging out with Arthur Fonzarelli. Arthur, how are you, man? Hey, hey I, I love the alliteration there. <laughs> you like that? Yeah, that's nice. Thanks, yeah. man. Thanks Why am I here again? You know, I didn't complain last right. week. I thought I'm going to be nice and, and play along. Yeah. But yeah. this is like Groundhog Day. You know, we have that awful <laughs> moment that just keeps yep. recurring. It just keeps coming back. It keeps coming back. I don't understand and, uh, what's we're, going we're on. We're glad that you keep coming back. Yeah. Well, you're fun. You know, you're fun. People like you. I know that it's hard for you to believe, but you know I don't pay you for really this, right? Like you. you know I don't pay you for this, right? So why are you <laughs> they saying like you, things? man. They like you. Hey, I like the little theme song thing you did. That's that's my favorite. Well, you know, you can't go wrong with Gonzo. I like it. And yeah, Buck like Owens. It. Yeah. yeah, yeah, Buck Owens. The Beatles did it. Dwight Oakum, Dwight Yoakam did it. But yeah. I, I think Gonzo's version of the the old Act Naturally song. Pretty, yeah, pretty awesome. We'll see. We'll see. I think we try this awesome. week and see. Yeah. Well, if you've never seen this show before, um, you're 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 in the majority, and we we welcome you who uh, who have chosen to spend time with us exploring movies. Uh, to, today, we're going to spend a lot of time talking about some of the the hits of the summer. Uh, some that I like, but also some that box office related did incredibly well. Next week, we'll talk about some of the misses. Uh, of the summer. We also have a Hollywood farewell uh, to talk about and also I'll give you a review of uh, an older film that's been re-released in theaters and uh, and then also a brand new film, uh, an action espionage thriller that's in theaters as well. All that's uh, ahead right here on Meet Me at the Movies. That sounds exciting. It does. Yeah. That's that's what you call the coming attractions. Um, the coming attractions we'll is what, we'll is see what if it, was. You know, yeah. if it lives up to the hype. <laughs> it never does. <laughs> it never does. Well, let's, let's dive in with uh, the Hollywood farewells. I don't like to do these. I don't like to talk about Hollywood deaths, but I think whenever we have a Hollywood legend or someone connected to film or entertainment, um, especially film, since it's about Meet Me in the Movies, right. um, we do want to talk about those folks and recognize them. And just over the weekend, uh, we did have a Hollywood death uh, occur. Uh, Toby Hooper uh, died at 74 years old. Uh, this guy was the director. He was a, really a horror giant when you think about some of the films that he was connected to. The Texas Chainsaw Massacre from 1974. Um, this movie was, uh, was shot for less than $300,000, really low budget very raw kind of film and you know that kind of spurned um really a ton of those kinds of films and it was based on a true story is that the granddaddy of slasher pictures you know i think? think it was i think you could easily say it was um because after that you had the friday the 13th films and then halloween. your freddy krueger films I'm halloween sorry. halloween yeah, yeah but i i think uh, i think texas chainsaw massacre definitely kind of set the, the standard for that but, uh, but Hooper's also known for one of the best Stephen King adaptations, Salem's Lot, uh, with David Soule back the TV from 79. The TV I didn't version. Know that. Yeah, that, yeah, that is good. Yeah, Hooper involved in that, uh, also uh, involved in Poltergeist from 1982. Right. And this is a, a bit of trivia that a lot of people may not be aware of, aware about, that he was uh, heavily involved in the making of the Billy Idol music video, Dancing With Myself. And so when you look at that stylistically, you see these dancing zombies and uh, you see, uh, you see uh, Billy Idol getting shocked 
kind of a la Frankenstein. Uh, it, it really all pays tribute to these horror films. So, I didn't know that. So, Dancing uh, Zombies? Dancing it's been zombies. a long time since I've seen that. Yeah, it, it wasn't the Dancing Zombies like you saw in Thriller, Thriller right. but you do see zombies at the very end dancing with dance with That's kind of how Idol. I look when I dance. That's <laughs> kind of how I look when I dance anyway. <laughs> it really is. Yeah. It really is. But Toby Hooper uh, left us at the age of 74. Uh, there are some new releases uh, in theaters we want to talk about. Uh, a couple of these are actually re-releases. Uh, the first one, Close Encounters of the Third Kind, a 40-year anniversary edition of this. Coming back to theaters, uh, a re-release of that, only in 700 theaters, so limited release. But if you get a chance to check that out on the big screen, your first time in you know years. And you're not a yeah. fan of that movie. You know, I'm not. I saw it when it was out, and uh, I liked it. It looked great it was a little on the goofy side though okay i uh, richard dreyfus was good yeah you know, the mountain of potatoes yes. that's nice yes i don't know it's it's it was okay i it don't just dislike didn't it it's you. just kind of eh. yeah well and i know that's a minority opinion well you know you and uh, and jeff powell uh, both feel the same way neither one of you really i didn't really know he ever like went it. to the movies I didn't yeah know he did he went back in the 70s oh, okay yeah <laughs> He didn't like that movie. I did, and I think maybe because I had a close encounter, and maybe that's why whoa, I was whoa, wrong. Whoa, 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 what? That, that's, that's for a whole other show. Save uh, that one for the Halloween we'll show. We'll save that for the Halloween show, okay. but I had a close encounter uh, around that same time period, and so I think maybe that's why I feel a little more well, If you're connected. in high school, you know, a lot of people have. That's what you're talking about. But, uh, I'm but, not putting but that on the close air. encounters. <laughs> Of the third kind being re-released uh, in limited theaters uh, throughout for the, uh, a theatrical version of that. Uh, Steven Spielberg, uh, John Williams score, and uh, yeah, music plays a big role in this particular film right. from a communication standpoint. If you've never seen it, I recommend checking it out because it is a classic, even if Greg Tillman hated it. No, I'd say see it. Okay. I, I just don't know why. <laughs> <laughs> see it. But don't know why. Yeah. Maybe you can teach me what I'm missing. <laughs> well, uh, another uh, another new release uh, in theaters. Uh, this one is a period piece. Uh, Christoph Waltz uh, is in a film. Uh, this is a, a heavy R-rated film. Uh, takes place in the 17th century. It's a period piece that follows a love triangle between an artist, uh, his, his female subject, and the nobleman husband. Uh, what can go wrong there? Well, quite a bit. So uh, that movie is called Tulip. Fever, uh, written by uh, Tom Stoppard, who did Shakespeare in Love. So it's more like Shakespeare in Lust. You said it's pretty, pretty yes. risque, right? Yeah, it is. Not it for is. the kids. Uh, not for the kids. No, this is definitely a heavy R-rated film from the sexuality standpoint. So uh, yeah, keep your young ones uh, away from this movie uh, in theaters. Uh, and uh, if you like period films, understand what you're getting into with this one. This one, this one is a period film. Meets uh, nine and a half weeks. Meets Fifty Shades of Grey. Wow. So, uh, yeah. yeah. Wow. So as you said, Shakespeare and lust is, wow. is probably okay. a great way to describe this. Uh, another film that was just released last weekend, we'll dive into some uh, reviews. Uh, this is a re-release from several years ago, uh, Terminator 2, a 3D treatment for this. I, I, I got to say, I was really excited about seeing it on the big screen again. Um, and not really sure why they were re-releasing it, because it's not like a 25th or a 35th anniversary the film was released in 1991 um, but I thought well maybe Cameron's doing some different things with maybe the sound design the score and other things to maybe make it a little more modern um, more than just the 3d treatment I went to see it uh, I've got to say um, it, it's 
it's really not worth seeing again just for the 3D treatment aspect of it. It's not worth paying that extra extra bit of bucks for it. Okay. The action holds up pretty strong. The uh, the visual effects, which were groundbreaking at the time, still look pretty pretty good. Right. Uh, the makeup um, pretty decent. The acting does not hold up. Uh, the kid Edward Furlong, who uh, didn't do much after this. Um, Really bad actor. He got arrested a few times. Yeah, he did. Yeah. He did. He was on a motorcycle trying to be the Terminator, and he yeah, yeah he got yeah. arrested a few times. The movie doesn't hold it from an acting standpoint. Also, the musical score feels very dated, um, and um, and also the sound design. Uh, you know, now I think Michael Bay. One of the things Michael Bay did is he he really um, took sound design to a whole other level, and that's one of the things I give him credit for. I'm not going to give him credit for a million other things, oh, but that no. is one thing. No, 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 no. Yeah, yeah. But that is one thing that I think he has done very, very well. Um, I, Terminator 2 did not hold up to modern day standards from a sound design standpoint. Uh, and 3D, it didn't matter. Um, I really thought Cameron would have done something a whole lot different to it to make it stand out, but it just didn't. I mean, there were three scenes that I thought were really, really solid that provided this incredible depth. But beyond that, uh, not worth uh, not worth seeing. I really like T1. I really like T2. Mm -hmm. uh, I just don't care for 3D that much. Yeah. That wouldn't draw me back into the theater. And the first thing I thought was cash grab. Yeah. And yeah. that's kind of. But you said it was shorter. Yeah, it was. When we it talked was like the other day. You said two it was shorter hours, seventeen minutes. I, I'm trying to figure out what was cut out. <laughs> you didn't miss what? I, yeah, I, didn't, I couldn't quite figure out what was cut out. Um, it still actually, it still felt a little long. And that right. was, um, you know, maybe that's. Uh, the state of kind of where we are now when we're watching movies, we want things to get moving really, really fast. Right. And there were a few things that I think they could, could have tightened it up even more by today's well, Lim standards. Linda Hamilton in 3D. Linda Hamilton, um, still just, she was solid. Yeah. And I remember uh, I was reminded just looking at just kind of how the, the physical condition she was in from a, from a, uh, you know, just a, a muscle-bound standpoint. Really I, impressive, you know, yeah. It was, it was impressive, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah I remember uh, my wife Beth and I went to see that when it was in theaters originally. I couldn't get her to go with me to see it again. Um, but but I, I saw it and, and was, was reminiscing. Yeah. Uh, and it, a cool thing was uh, there were three people that were in uh, this film that I worked with on Mohicans, which was actually taking place... Uh, this movie was released the summer that Mohicans was being shot in North Carolina. Oh, okay. uh, Tom Fisher, who was a special effects uh, explosives expert uh, in T2, he was doing that in Mohicans. So he came off of T2. Right, straight came to right to Mohicans. And then um, a couple of the stunt coordinators, the major stunt coordinators, uh, who had some uh, cameo parts in this film, uh, also were on Mohicans. So it was kind of cool to see People probably don't know your tie with Mohicans. Tell Talk about what you did with them. Um, I, I worked, I worked with the film Last of the Mohicans shot in North Carolina with the assistant directors. I was a production assistant, uh, which, which was really, a, working with the assistant directors was the absolute best place to be because uh, everything funneled through that. So there were days I worked with the camera crew. Um, the day they blew up the fort, I was working with Tom Fisher, the explosives expert, uh, working with uh, sound design locations and so it was every day it was a little different and i really loved it so that's, how did you score a gig like that how that's that for happen? another show man uh, that's for another show wow you're really kicking them down the road there. <laughs> we'll talk about that we'll talk about films in north carolina somewhere yeah. down the road okay. and we'll, we'll talk more about that all right all right uh, you're being coy I I, it was all a lot right. of fun and i'm glad i got a chance to do that uh, another uh, another movie i want to review uh, in theaters uh, this weekend uh, just being released this weekend it's called unlocked 
this is a, a rated R film for violence uh, and language. Remember last week I talked about Numi? Who? Numi Rapace. Sounds vaguely familiar. Numi Rapace. Okay, now I know who you're she talking about. She was in the, uh, the film What Happened to Monday. Well, she's also in a film opening this weekend uh, that is called Unlocked. Uh, this, this movie also stars Orlando Bloom, Michael Douglas, John Malkovich. Uh, a, a really strong cast in this espionage crime thriller. Uh, it really follows, here's the story, it follows a disgraced CIA agent played by Rapace. Numi Rapace. Uh, she's searching for answers to try to stop a biological terror attack in London. That's the story. Um, there are twists, there are turns, uh, double agents, gunfights, fistfights, action, mystery. All of this runs wild in this uh, Michael Apted uh, directed thriller. Offers a really strong cast, um, some really nice action sequences, but yet, other than that, there's really nothing new. Uh, for this genre, the storylines kind of felt rehashed, like I'd seen these when before. When you were describing it, I was just thinking how derivative it sounded. Exactly. Uh, very predictable. Um, nothing new in this kind of film. Uh, that said, I did really find it uh, kind of entertaining. Um, it, it felt more like it was a, a movie of the week for TV yeah. or, a, or an HBO-made film than a feature film. This that, is a feature Was that film. production values or just the story well, in general? Or? just the story. I, right. I, production values were strong. I thought the action was strong. Uh, I mean, everything really worked, but it just, again, felt like I'd seen everything before, so there was nothing new in this. Um, it was a Lionsgate premiere production, which when it's Lionsgate premiere, that's one of their independent divisions. And so, uh, you know, it cost them a little bit less to do, but still, uh, looked looked solid, but really I can only give this a C plus. Uh, that's uh, really the uh, the most that I'm going to be able to give this movie, average, but but still entertaining as well. Yeah. So you want to see it? No. 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 Well, <laughs> okay, it will. I'll, I'll see Close Encounters instead. All right. Well, I will say it'll be one of those that will be uh, forgotten yeah. within a couple weeks. Uh, it's not going to be one of these that's going to stand out as a a stellar uh, action spy film. It's not going to be a Jason Bourne or a James Bond kind of film that you're going to be remembering years down the road. On video by Thanksgiving. Yeah, probably yeah. so. Yeah. yeah, maybe even earlier, yeah. maybe in October. We'll see. So those are a, a couple of films uh, in theaters uh, this weekend. We're going to take a quick break right here on Meet Me at the Movies. Uh, I'm hanging out with Ralph Mouth, and uh, we will be back to talk about hits of the summer right after this break on Meet Me at the Movies. Sunday, Monday, happy days. Sky, hello blue. There's nothing can hold me when I hold you. Feel so right, you can't be wrong. Hi, I'm Paula Vess with Cleveland Connections. Join us each month as we bring you news and information about programs, services, events, people, and happenings from the campus of Cleveland Community College. Get to know some of the people who make Cleveland Community College the special place it is as we sit down with members of faculty, staff, and the administrative team. See all this and more each month on Cleveland Connections, brought to you on C19, the broadcast service of Cleveland Community College, or stream us live at c19.tv. Overture, turn the lights, this is it, the night of nights, no more rehearsing and nursing apart, we know every card by heart. Overture, turn the lights, this 
Join me, Jackie Sibley Newton, as I host Experience Cleveland County, a show all about the Cleveland County Chamber and our partners working together to make this a better community to live, work, and play. If you'll tune in, you'll learn all about attractions, events, and industry in our community, and I bet you'll learn something you didn't know about your own hometown. This is a broadcast service of Cleveland Community College on C19, found on Spectrum Cable, but you can also view it online at c19.tv. They're gonna put me in the movies. They're gonna make a big star. Welcome out back to me. Meet Me at the Movies. I am Noel T. Manning II, hanging out with Richie Cunningham. Richie, how are you? I'm happy. It's a happy day. <laughs> happy days, man. Yeah. Greg Tillman over there, um, as uh, almost always, uh, hanging out, lurking in the shadows. We need to give some credit to Tim. We, yeah, Tim. Tim. Hey, man. I, I, yeah. How you doing back there, buddy? Yeah. Looking good. Look at you. Thanks for your work. Thanks, thanks for all you do. Uh, you are the man that makes it happen, and we appreciate you. We do need to give you a little more light on your face next time so people can, uh, can see the beautiful complexion that you have. Yeah, he's a lovely guy. Yeah, he's a lovely guy. He's, he's been watching a lot of silent films. Did you see this stuff here? A lot of silent films. Really, Thank, thanks. Really <laughs> Thank you, Tim, for your work behind the scenes. <laughs> it is uh, the end of the summer officially uh, coming up on Labor Day weekend. Thank goodness. That's crazy. Hey, that's now. It's, it's the end of the summer. Yeah. So uh, this is a great time to think back and look at what was successful and what was not successful uh, at the box office. So we're splitting this over two weeks. This week we're going to talk about uh, the hits of the summer from a money-making standpoint. <laughs> and then also some of my five faves plus six or seven of the summer as well. So let's dive into box office uh, success uh, for the summer. Uh, we'll start off with number five, uh, this was really the, the only film that really had this kind of award caliber feel to it. Dunkirk, Christopher Nolan's Dunkirk. Um, great success domestically. Um, $400 million worldwide for this film. That surprises me. I knew it was a hit, but I didn't know it was that big of a monster. Yeah, it, it uh, you know, I think it surprised a lot of people just how well it did and how well it performed. But from a money-making standpoint, uh, box office champs for the summer domestically, uh, coming in at number five was Dunkirk. Now coming in at number four uh, domestically is actually the biggest international film of the summer. And this is really hard to believe for me. Yeah. Uh, Despicable Me 3 uh, was the number four film here in the U.S. and Canada. You combine the North American box office. But worldwide, $950 million I had no idea. for this film. I didn't either. I, I, it kind of came in. You know, I had a big release and the ads were all out, but I never heard a lot of buzz about it. From yeah. Anyone. I thought it maybe kind of reached its peak. Yeah, but, but for some reason, this movie really found a way to appeal to international audiences. Uh, animation will do that, but it's actually rare for comedies to do that. Is it set in China or something? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I've got to look and I've got to see if there's a version that, that shows, you know, shows some things going on in, in China. I yeah. don't know, but really surprised about that. Uh, our top three for the summer are all three superhero-related films. Uh, number three, Spider-Man Homecoming. This was kind of the reboot uh, of uh, Spider-Man yet again. Uh, doing it with a young kid, Tom Holland. It really does have a, a much more teenage feel and a teammate, teenage vibe for it. Um, I liked it. My son loved it. I loved it. You loved I liked, it. I, I know you were kind of lukewarm on it. Yeah. And, and I went in kind of expecting to be the same. I really enjoyed it. Yeah. Uh, Maybe not as good as Spider-Man 2, 
with Doc Ock. Yeah, you know, yeah, that's the me. Second one. Yeah, but way up there. I yeah, mean, the kid, the kid's really good. Yeah, he is. And good. Michael Keaton can do no wrong yeah. in anything. I just, I thoroughly enjoyed it. I yeah. really did. Yeah, and I did too. I, I just didn't absolutely, it wasn't my favorite of, of the Spider-Man yeah. films. But from a money-making standpoint, worldwide, this movie uh, brought in $760 million uh, worldwide. Number two was a film that was released back in May. Uh, one of my favorites of the summer, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. A uh, heck of a lot of fun uh, at the box office for this movie. $862 million worldwide. Did you check this film out? I did. I did. I was uh, at the end of the train on uh, Guardians 1. I right. think I saw it in an empty theater right before it left town. Yeah. Because the whole idea of the 70s soundtrack and a space opera kind of thing just yeah. seemed too strange. But it was terrific. Yeah. And this one's just as good. It is. Maybe a little better. Yeah, this one. It's just a lot of fun. I felt the same way. It's, it's really hard for, for a sequel to to stand up against an original. And yeah. this was just as good. Hey, I, Kurt I felt Russell, baby. And Kurt Russell, yeah. absolutely. Kurt Russell's been a good, good summer for Kurt yeah. Russell. That's for sure. Uh, the number one film of the summer, DC is back. Uh, Wonder Woman was the number one domestic film of the summer with... Um, $800 million worldwide hasn't quite caught up with Guardians from a worldwide standpoint, but domestically this made more money than any other film uh, here in the U.S. Uh, Wonder Woman, a solid film, uh, really, really great job uh, for DC uh, for this particular film. So that's your uh, top five, your take five uh, money makers for the summer. Now I'm going to dive into my take five plus two or three, my faves of the summer. All right, these are, uh, and this includes mainstream or indie films. These are some of my favorites in different categories. All right. All right, you ready? Okay. Yeah, All right. I guess. And you may hear some of the same ones. All right. Maybe. Baby Driver is my first favorite of the summer. This is uh, most my, my most favorite stylistically. It was different. It was unique. It was fun. It was a completely different kind of film, something I did not expect. So that's one of my faves of the summer. Oh, yeah, me too. Me too. All right. Uh, Gardens of the Galaxy, as I mentioned, uh, top moneymaker. Also, this was the most fun I had at a theater this summer, uh, going to see Guardians. It was just uh, a ride that you hop on and you just don't really, honestly, don't care where it's taking you. You just you just strap on like a roller coaster yeah. sometimes. You yeah. just you just want to go on for it. Yeah. That's what I felt like with this yeah, movie. Yeah, a lot of fun. So Guardians of the Galaxy uh, on my list as well. Also Wonder Woman. Uh, this is my favorite redemption film. DC has redeemed themselves. Finally. Finally. Uh, I, think they, uh, I think they're in for some, some fun times ahead. Justice League. Uh, all the trailers look so good for that as well. I think DC may have I don't some. know. Really? Is Zack Snyder, does he, are his fingerprints on Justice League? They are, but, but you know, um, it looks fun. You know, they brought in, uh, they brought in some other uh, writers for this yeah. to do some things. Is he directing it? Uh, why don't we see? I, I think it's got like 12 directors. That's so. not a good sign either. <laughs> but the trailers look great. And so if, if the trailers are great, maybe you just watch the trailers and you listen to see what other people say. Maybe. So anyway, Wonder Woman on my list is my favorite redemption film of the summer. My favorite international film. This movie got an A-plus for me this summer. A Taxi Driver uh, was a film that was based on a true story from 1980 um, of a, uh, a military uh, takeover in Korea and a German reporter covering the event and a taxi driver helping him along his journey. A Taxi Driver, my favorite indie film. Uh, my favorite award caliber film, we mentioned this earlier, is a, a box office favorite, Dunkirk. Um, really, really solid filmmaking from Christopher Nolan. I, I think as we uh, talk awards 
later on uh, in the year when we get to November and December. I think this is one of those that's going to yeah, be considered. Yeah, it's going to get I some really, really do. So Dunkirk uh, on my list. Uh, my favorite wrap to a trilogy and a character. Um, this movie, War for the Planet of the Apes, uh, with Woody Harrelson, Andy Serkis, uh, this was just, a, to me, a really wonderful wrap uh, to this particular trilogy. They're still talking about spinoffs and some other things from this uh, franchise, but I, I thought as a trilogy, this, this held out pretty strong. And I missed it. Yeah. I wanted to see it. I wanted to see it on the big screen, and it got away from me. Yeah. Uh, well, you're you're my horrible. loss. I know you're horrible, dude. Because oh, why am I again? You should fire me. Yeah. Fire well, me. you know what? Get me off the show. You're gone. Out of here. You're fired. Out of here, Ralph Mouth. You're gone, sir. You're gone. <laughs> um, so my my favorite character-driven film of the summer, uh, released just this month, Logan Lucky was just so much fun. The characters were quirky, they were different, they were over the top, and yet it worked in this kind of film, and you, you felt the same way. I haven't seen it, but I want to. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> what the noises, noises. It's like a haunted studio, man. What is that? But you didn't see Logan Lucky. Not yet, not yet, but I will. Alex did. Yeah, my son loved it. He okay. said it was hilarious. All right. And uh, the last film on my faves of the summer, uh, this is really um, a movie that's uh, in the category better than the box office results tell you kind of film, Kidnap uh, with Halle Berry. Uh, I, I went in with just uh, kind of average expectations and it actually exceeded those. So Kidnap was a, was a decent film. And so there you go. Those are my take five faves of the summer. One thing about Kidnap though, uh, I liked it as long as I could watch it. So if anyone out there still wants to see it that hasn't, beware of the camera movement, because I- So you did I, watch it, you did get sick. Well, it. I saw part of it. Okay. My wife stayed with the whole thing. I got motion sick. I literally had to leave the theater at about the 20 or 30 minute mark, and I, okay. she filled me and I sat in the car for, for the rest of, well, rest of the run of the film. But if anyone, it's kind of that Blair Witch, yeah. uh, Cloverfield thing, yeah. and, and I got sick at both of those. Yeah, you did. So I was I with did. you at Blair Witch, I think. Yeah. And you, you walked out, and I, uh, I found you in the lobby hovering over a I a still don't canister. know how it ended. That was pretty, yeah, it was. It but was a warning, though. It was, yeah, yeah, word of warning. Yeah. Thank you for that. Uh, thank you for that, Richie Cunningham. Um, really appreciate that very much. That, yeah, Dramamine before watching Kidnap is probably not a bad idea. It goes well with popcorn. It does. Yeah. Dramamine and popcorn. You can't go wrong. <laughs> Throw it in icy, and you got it made. You got it made. Well, let's uh, dive into home delivery real quick uh, before we wrap things up today. Uh, Inconceivable is out uh, on uh, home delivery with Nicolas Cage, Gina Gershon, Faye Dunaway. It's a mystery thriller that is a cross between The Hand That Rocks the Cradle and Fatal Attraction. Um, and they did not provide any critic screenings for that film. So what does that tell you? What does that tell you? I don't know. Nicholas Cage is in it. What does that <laughs> tell you? <laughs> you will have to judge for yourself. Uh, also coming out on home delivery, Baywatch uh, from earlier in the summer. My rating for this was a D-plus rating. A TV reboot on uh, the big screen with Dwayne Johnson and Zac Efron. Uh, no, I will not watch this one. Why do they reboot the bad again? stuff? If you're going to reboot something, why don't you reboot something that I'm right there good? With you. I don't get it. I don't, I don't get it. I really don't. Uh, Chips was another one that was rebooted, yeah, you know, and yeah. that just didn't work. Um, 
you know, there have been a, quite a few that have rebooted from TV that just didn't Beverly work. Beverly Hillbillies a long time ago. Yeah, yeah. That was a terrible Beverly Hillbillies, reboot. Bewitched did not do well. No. So there's a, I think maybe we'll do a whole show on bad reboots to stay that away from. That would be fun. That will be fun. We'll do that. I might we'll even that. show up for we'll that. We'll do that. But uh, I can't recommend Baywatch, but what I can recommend, if you like David Hasselhoff, there is a comedy that did not get a lot of uh, play called Killing Hasselhoff. Uh, Hasselhoff stars in this along with uh, Ken Jeong. Uh, it's a crime comedy revolving around a Deadpool, loan sharks, hired gunman, and a regular guy who gets in over his head. Um, it's a fun comedy. It really is. It's, it's worth watching because uh, you get to see Hasselhoff really making fun of himself. It's been an interesting summer for him. He was in uh, Guardians of the Galaxy right, right. Uh, 2. He was in Baywatch. Yeah. And, uh, and he shows up in Killing Hasselhoff. So there you go. There's it's the Hasselhoff revival. <laughs> it really has been. Renaissance. Uh, he, was, he was really popular, uh, really, really popular uh, in Germany. So, so there you Maybe go. Maybe he'll pop up on Young and the Restless again. Oh, and he was also, he was also mentioned in uh, Atomic Blonde. So, uh, yeah. So, yeah. There you go, man. So, so great, great year uh, for David Hasselhoff. Well, we're, uh, we're about out of time, so we're not going to get to tell you about uh, other things you may want to check out. But dang, we've covered a lot of ground. We've covered a heck of a lot of ground, Greg Tillman. I do want to leave a movie quote with you. As always, uh, this comes from The Theory of Everything. Uh, the Stephen Hawking character said... There should be no boundaries to the human endeavor. While there is hope, there is life. Uh, you have any final comments or final thoughts before we wrap today? No. no. All right. No, I, I got nothing. All right. Well, uh, well, well, Tom Bosley, thanks for joining us. I'm Noel T. Manning II. We appreciate you all spending time catching up with movies right here on Meet Me at the Movies, C19 TV. Until next time, that is a wrap. Yeah.